Hey guys, I'd like to introduce you to a new podcast that I know you're going to love. Do you like travel? Do you like picturesque locations and getting away from it all? Well, this new podcast has all that and murder. It's called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that took place on vacation. Hosted by a true crime fanatic, her comedy writer husband and his TV producing partner, Slaycation brings a unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, and WTF stories of vacations gone horribly wrong. From the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, two recently engaged lovebirds whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended underwater. Each episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that'll intrigue you. It's the discussion between a longtime married couple and business partners who happen to be Emmy-nominated TV producers. Each episode of Slaycation also includes humor, takeaway and travel tips that will keep your next vacation from being your last. If you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Every town has a dark side. How does a 29-year-old married and committed father just disappear from a hotel one night while out celebrating his wife's birthday? No reason to leave, no signs of foul play, just one minute he was there and the next, gone. This is exactly what happened to Tyler Davis from Ohio on February 23, 2019. His wife, 23-year-old Brittany, has done everything she could in order to locate her husband, dead or alive, but the case just turned cold without a solid lead in sight. Hey guys, I'm Andrew, and welcome to Every Town, where today we hear the strange details of a case that doesn't sit well because it simply shouldn't have happened. Not in 2023, in a populated area, and yet... It still did. Let's head over to Easton, Ohio, just outside Columbus, and learn all about the bizarre disappearance of Tyler Davis. (laughs) Tyler and Brittany first met in 2013 while working together and simply hit it off. Once in a while in life, you get to meet someone who, for whatever reason, you just click with, be it friends or lovers, and these two did just that. A few years later, Tyler proposed, and in the fall of 2017, the loving pair tied the knot and soon 
welcome their son, Aaron, into the world. Brittany described her husband as a dedicated family man, a kind soul, a hard worker, funny and a great provider, among other things. Tyler was the manager of a Wendy's restaurant located about 30 minutes away from the couple's Wilmington, Ohio home. He was a reliable employee who never missed work, and so things were good. Their lives were just getting started. February 23rd, 2019 was Brittany's 23rd birthday. It was a Saturday. A couple overslept a bit that day, which sent them scrambling a bit in order to make it to Tyler's parents' house in Columbus in time for lunch. They grabbed the baby's stuff and got themselves together because after lunch, Tyler wanted to take Brittany out for a night on the town while Tyler's parents watched their 20-month-old son. They left their Wilmington home around 11 a.m. to make the one-hour drive up Route 71 to Columbus. After lunch, they kissed Aaron goodbye and told him they would be back to pick him up the following day. They then drove to a Hilton hotel in Easton and checked into their room. The two planned to go to a few bars Saturday night and then get a couple's massage and do some shopping on Sunday. After a long, leisurely Saturday meal, the couple went back to the Hilton. Brittany, for one, had been impressed by the hotel's location, which included an upscale shopping plaza with a number of high-end retailers, including Tiffany's. So, she was already looking forward to the next day when she and Tyler were going to go shopping for her birthday. In the hotel room, they watched TV and waited for the arrival of Sean Hughes, Tyler's close college pal who lived in Columbus, and was coming to join them for the evening out at the bars. Sometime between 8.30 and 9 p.m., the Davis couple and Sean left the hotel, walked through the shopping complex and over to Bar Louie and Adobe Gillis. Everyone was enjoying themselves, and Tyler hadn't given any indication that anything was wrong while they were out, as Brittany recalled. We were laughing. We were having a great time. Everything through the night was normal. Nothing out of the ordinary happened. Deeper into the evening, the three got an Uber and headed to the Dollhouse, a north side strip club 15 minutes away, where the party continued until nearly 3 a.m. That was enough celebrating for the night, so the trio headed back with Tyler falling asleep in the car. When they arrived at the hotel at 3.18 a.m., Sean and Brittany woke him up, and his reaction seemed agitated. Brittany said, 
He didn't think we were at our hotel. He did not think we were where we were supposed to be. Confused and still half asleep, he told them this. When Brittany tried to appease him that they were at the correct hotel, Tyler just got angrier. Mr. Davis was adamant that they were in the wrong place and started walking away from the Hilton. Sean followed after him and promised Brittany to keep an eye on him while Brittany went up to the room. And it perhaps never crossed her mind that it was the last time she would ever see her husband again. After charging her phone briefly, Brittany headed down to the lobby and there was still no sign of her husband or his friend. She started calling Tyler's cell phone but received no answer. And finally, at 3.37 a.m., Tyler did return her call where he apologized for his abrupt departure and then told her he was just walking around the block and would return soon. Sean appeared shortly after that call and explained to Brittany that he was just blowing off some steam and would be coming back shortly. The two went up to the hotel room where they waited for Tyler, but he never showed. By 4.03 a.m., Tyler called Brittany again and told her that he was walking through some woods. He said he could see the hotel from where he was and he would be there in about five minutes. Immediately after, Brittany hung up with her husband. He called her back, perhaps an accidental dial, because when she answered, the line was silent for a few seconds before it went dead. She made some calls to him after that, but those all went to voicemail. Sean hung around until 4.30 a.m. and then just decided it was time to head home. He assumed that Tyler would make his way back and reminded Brittany that they were in a pretty safe area. After all, there was a Tiffany's nearby. Brittany started thinking that maybe he had been picked up by the police for public intoxication. She had a hard time getting any sleep, staring at her phone, waiting for answers. At 8 a.m. on Sunday, she called a friend who lived in Columbus and asked for help in finding Tyler. Brittany was afraid he might have passed out, maybe on a bench somewhere, so the two of them drove around the area looking for any sign of him. They spent more than an hour scouring the Easton neighborhood but didn't see Tyler. At 9.30 a.m., Brittany called Tyler's parents to tell them what was going on and then she dialed 911 and told the dispatcher, I need to report somebody missing. He just kind of wandered off around 3.30 a.m., and I haven't seen him. Officers for the Columbus PD took the missing persons report, but didn't actively conduct any searches in the days following the disappearance. In their response to Brittany, they thought it was more likely that the married couple had fought and that he just wanted some time alone. Because Tyler was an adult, he was free to leave if he wanted to. The officers told Brittany there was nothing they could do until her husband had been missing for at least 72 hours and assured her that he would probably return on his own in a day or two. 
But Brittany insisted he would never vanish voluntarily like that. She was worried something had happened to him, and rightfully so, after the night she had been through. Tyler's father drove out to the Hilton after the call, and according to Brittany, he searched every single bit of area on foot by himself. He stayed until it was dark. Brittany briefly left so she could check on Aaron, but she returned to the Hilton later that day and continued in the search herself. Tyler's friends and family members distributed thousands of missing persons flyers throughout the Columbus city limits. They scoured the area around the hotel multiple times, hoping to find some clue that would lead them to Tyler, but nothing ever popped up. It was only on February 27th, four days after Tyler vanished, when police conducted their first search of the area around the hotel. Tyler had indicated he was walking through a wooded area when he last spoke with Brittany, but it was unclear exactly what he meant. Brittany noted he was not an outdoorsy person at all. There could be two trees right beside each other, and he would call that woods. Brittany's account of what happened that night was affirmed by surveillance footage from the Hilton. Tyler was seen walking away from the hotel toward the Easton Commons condominiums. His trail was lost after he disappeared from view, and he was not seen on any other cameras in the area after that. His cell phone records indicated that he had walked around the Huntington Bank complex on nearby Stelzer Road where he used his phone's GPS for getting directions back to the Hilton. He started walking towards the hotel, but when he was in the parking lot of the Abbott Food Store, the cell phone was shut off, most likely due to a dead battery. The Columbus police conducted several more searches over the next several weeks, but they found no sign of Tyler and admitted that they had no idea what had happened to him. A month after he was last seen, Brittany made another public plea for helping and finding her husband. She said she was trying to remain positive, but it got harder with each passing day. It's been really hard, but I know he has to come home. I have to be strong for my son until Tyler is back because that's what he would want me to do. Further sleuthing also showed no activity on Tyler's cell phone since the last time he spoke with Brittany, and he hadn't attempted to access the couple's bank account or use any of his credit cards. He hadn't logged into any of his social media accounts either, so it was truly like he had vanished into thin air. Brittany was certain that Tyler hadn't voluntarily abandoned her and Aaron, but The alternative, that he had been killed, possibly murdered, was even harder to think about. When she was asked for a message for Tyler, Brittany answered, I would tell him, I love you so much and just need you to come home because I can't do this by myself. But another month passed and still no word, and Brittany feared the worst. She said, 
If you know Tyler, he's not going to just leave. Even if he didn't want to be with me, he wouldn't leave his son. He wouldn't leave his parents. Investigators still haven't been able to find any clues as to Tyler's whereabouts, but they admitted that it would be uncharacteristic for him to go missing on a whim. Despite the fact that they had tried to downplay his disappearance during the initial stages of the investigation, they now feared that he had somehow been picked up and likely murdered. But the ever-determined wife and mom vowed to keep searching, Volunteers created a website dedicated to information about Tyler. Brittany also set up her own social media accounts for personal updates and granted many requests for TV interviews. The police released little information about the case to the public, noting that there was already a lot of speculation about the disappearance on various online forums. Columbus Police Sergeant Daniel Weaver noted, It's hard to discern between valid information and armchair quarterbacks who read into things that just aren't true. It is an active investigation, and we are continuing to follow leads, but other than that, I do like to remain pretty tight-lipped. Sergeant Weaver also acknowledged that the initial decision to wait 72 hours before investigating now seemed like a mistake, Once they realized that he likely didn't vanish voluntarily, they started to aggressively investigate the case. Detectives managed to get detailed phone records from Tyler's cell phone provider. They seemed to prove what Brittany had said all along. Tyler had intended to go back to the hotel that night. He had attempted to use his phone to get directions back to the Hilton. Cell records showed that He had said, take me to Easton Suites to his smartphone's voice assistant. So he clearly wanted to go back home and was trying, but for some reason, he just couldn't. In an October 2019 press conference, Brittany and the Columbus police both appealed to the public for help, saying, It's been a really long time, and our family deserves answers. Detectives noted that they were still considering all possible scenarios. Although they didn't believe Tyler had left voluntarily, they had no solid evidence to support any one theory. There were many rumors that circulated online. A particularly painful one for the family claimed that Brittany had something to do with her husband's disappearance. Although police initially said that they hadn't ruled out any potential suspects, they later said that Brittany voluntarily took and passed a lie detector test about the events that took place on the night Tyler went missing. This, along with her story always staying the same and aligning with what little evidence they had, made her a non-suspect. A year after Tyler had gone missing with little to no progress, Columbus Police Sergeant James Fakwa acknowledged that the case had officially gone cold. And by October of 2021, 
Brittany seemed to come to terms with the fact that her husband wasn't going to come home, not ever. With a heavy heart, Mrs. Tyler petitioned the Clinton County Probate Court to declare Tyler legally dead. In Ohio, a person is presumed to be deceased if they are missing for five or more years, but the time frame can be shorter if, at the beginning of the person's absence, they were exposed to a specific peril of death. On December 15th, then, of 2021, the court granted the petition and declared Tyler legally dead. And this change in status has no effect on the investigation into his disappearance. The case is still open and detectives are still trying to find out what exactly happened to Tyler Davis on that night. Will the police and Brittany ever find out that Tyler may have wandered off in an intoxicated state and perhaps never made it out of those woods on a cold winter night? Or was he in fact in the wrong place at the wrong time and had a run-in with the wrong people? Perhaps there is still a chance to find Tyler. He has brown eyes and brown hair, stands five foot nine, and, at the time of his disappearance, weighed around 195 pounds. He has a large red birthmark that starts at his neck and goes down his chest and right arm. He was last seen wearing blue jeans, a white t-shirt, a blue-green flannel shirt, and sneakers. If you have any information about Tyler, please contact the Columbus Police Department at 614-645-4624. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of Everytown. Thanks for tuning in. And if you want more content from us, go check out our other podcast called Scary Mysteries. And please do come back next week for another episode filled with scary, strange, and mysterious stories. Because you never know. Maybe your town will be next. <laughs>